Hello and welcome back to the Off the Crossbar podcast with myself, Regan Walsh, and as ever, my co-presenter, Brad, in which we discuss everything that's happening in and around the world of football. Now, if you like what you're listening to, make sure you like and subscribe and follow us on Twitter at OffTCPod for all the latest news and stories. Now, this is a special episode for me and Brad, as it is our 100th episode. 100... Wait, I thought you were going to say something different. I expected you to say something else, and then you said that. Expecting me to say? I don't know, you you said something completely different to what we'd planned in the intro, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know, I apologise, but however, it is going to be a good, good episode for us because we have lots to talk about, whether it is based on the upcoming weekend schedule the absolute shithousery that happened down in League One, or what on earth is happening over at the African Cup of Nations. So bring your booze to our garden and let's get ready to celebrate. (laughs) (laughs) Conservatives only. Yes. (laughs) Can I add something something with the 100 episodes? Because that's weird. Look, we've only been doing this a year and somehow we've managed to pull out 100 episodes out of it. Hmm. I mean, we have what been doing two a week and then we did like the three end of year and then we did like the euro stuff so we have got quite a bit even though like you say we've only been doing it a year and two months which is absolutely crazy to see how quick uh that time went yeah it's a nice start like we enjoy doing this really <laughs> honestly yes but uh, it is just a just a hobby on the side and yes. we'd hope to continue to be able to do this so keep listening share that around listen to the clips on youtube as well and keep an eye on other future projects that we have coming yes because we're definitely going to have some great uh, stuff in the pipeline for the rest of 2022 yes i very much enjoy convening you for these work events yes sorry business meeting sorry it's all in the wording yep business not work meeting it's just a business meeting <laughs> right um well, we have a very good set of business meetings this weekend in the oh, Premier shit, League. I forgot the cheese. <laughs> oh. Anyway, um, Premier League fixtures this weekend are absolutely a thing to be uh, joyful for. And starting tonight, as Brighton and Hove Albion take on Crystal Palace, um, obviously local derby between them two in terms of it's the wait, closest wait. club to Brighton. <laughs> so local. <laughs> I think local is the wrong word to use with this derby. It's a rivalry. And, and I've, you know, watch videos online because it's stupid at this point if you keep asking a question. Well, why did they rivals? Hmm. I mean, it's one that does get quite weird when you try and delve into it as a non Crystal Palace and Brighton fan, but it does seem to mean a bit to both sets of fans. Um,. Obviously, Brighton and Hove Albion having a really good season under Graham Potter in ninth, obviously winning their last game against Everton 3-2, whilst Crystal Palace have looked promising at times under Patrick Vieira. However, uh, they were on the back end of a 3-2 defeat despite two late goals in their last uh, league fixture against West Ham United. A game where I don't think you can say at this minute in time there's a clear winner. You can never really say that with any sort of derby match. That's just how close they always appear to be. Yeah. If the last one was anything to go, but it could be very close again. Like it took a last 
right at the death, 96th minute equaliser for Brighton to get anything from it. Yeah, I mean, that game back in, uh, was it August or early September? I want to say late. September. September. Yeah, it was late September. Um, it wasn't really the best of games for Brighton, and they had like very sticky patches and not creating much, but uh, obviously they got the equaliser when they needed to late on in that game. Um, however, I've got a feeling this will be a different tale of story in this sense, but for me, I know we're not, well, we're not predicting this game, but I'm only expecting like one goal in this. I'm not expecting something to jump out of your skin to go like, oh, this is going to be like a 2-1 or a 3-2 type game. Yeah, this... See, I think it could really go either way. But we've seen Brighton start to look good again at times. We've also seen Crystal Palace look a little bit mixed. But we know Palace mm. have got the quality in there. They're yeah. not this one-man team, really. They're, no, they're a lot better than that. Uh, Zaha will be missed. That that can't be ignored. You just will mm-hmm. be. But I saw enough from someone like a Michael Elise to say, well, they've still got enough creativity in there. They just need goals. Yeah, 100%. And um, I think it can slowly come over this next month. Obviously, they're going to learn to adapt without, uh, like you said, Wilfred Zaha, who's away at the African Cup of Nations. And Michael Elise is someone who's certainly settled in really well recent weeks at Crystal Palace obviously he's been there longer than the last few weeks but he's starting to find his form uh, Brighton on the other hand it's it's one of them sometimes you think when they play like these lesser teams uh, obviously in previous seasons you like they'll get the shots away and they won't score but then this season they can find that killer instinct when they needed to against these like teams where they should be picking up uh, three points yeah it's weird it's still weird because I don't think their style was the most pleasing on the eye is it no. I don't know sometimes it can be quite entertaining but sometimes mm. it can be quite but it's definitely that. a game that is going to be of interest uh, to watch this weekend as you say tonight on Sky from uh, the Amex Stadium and then Kicking off Saturday again, another big game. Top of the table this time, first versus second. It's Chelsea uh, travelling up to the Etihad Stadium as they take on Manchester City. Um, This is a must-win for Chelsea in terms of keeping the title race alive at all. God, yes. God, yes. They have to turn back the... Well, turn back to last year. Mm. Every time they seem to face Man City last year in all the competitions... Like you said, they had Man City's number, and this season it hasn't been the case in league terms. Like they've just seen a different shell of themselves. And if City win this, they'll be 13 points ahead of Chelsea, which is ridiculous to say at this early stage into the new year. You wouldn't have been saying that like yeah a month ago, where they were all quite close to go. Oh, there's a total race there, Chelsea. They'll get Lukaku back, and they'll look really good again. Now that yeah. they look the I mean, obviously, same. Chelsea have played more recently, playing in the Carabao Cup on uh, Wednesday evening against Tottenham Hotspur, obviously getting the victory in that game. But it's not been the best of times for Chelsea recently. They've been quite up and down in recent weeks. There's like nothing, there's just something missing from 
what we've seen a year ago when Thomas Tuchel had took over. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Is it just because they can't fully get a control of games? I'm, I'm not too sure. Have Surely teams haven't found Tuchel's tactics out that quickly. Well, we know Tuchel's approach is defence first. Yeah. But keep the shape, counter-attack, which... Like, it was weird because, as we said, they've had City's number a number of times. Mm-hmm. Champions League final being the most important one at the time. Yeah. And then we saw them play each other last season. This season, sorry, in the Premier League. Bad City dominated. Yeah, it was a whole different kettle of fish uh, when these two met uh, earlier on this season. Man City obviously ended up winning that first game 1-0 thanks to Gabby Jesus with the goal early on in the second half. But, yeah, there does seem to be something different about this Chelsea team compared to last season. Obviously, they're still got um, the third best defensive record in the league this season only conceding 16 goals only Man City and Wolves have conceded less than them Uh, obviously Wolves have played two games less but there is just something a little weirdly off compared to 12 months ago yeah I can't fully put my finger on what it could be Hmm. Uh, and obviously I feel like a lot of them will put the Always slightly put the blame on Tuchel. Mm. It's one of them where you like, cause he hasn't really chopped and changed his sides too many times. I mean, obviously they've had players out with COVID, and they haven't really had like any significant injuries, as far as I can think of. But a bit like, I feel, I don't know why I feel like defensively they've lost people. Yeah, I mean, but it's still been solid enough. Yeah, I mean, last time out in the league against Liverpool. This was their usual back three of Rudiger, Thiago Silva and Shalabat with Alonso and Aspilicueta playing as the fullbacks. And obviously they are missing Ben Chua who's out for the season and they've been trying to get players in. But what, he's only been out for three weeks now? Maybe a month at max? Sure well. I'm trying to think when it... It feels like it's been a lot longer than that. I'm not too sure. But um, yeah, it's... It is a little weird as to why they haven't been as consistent. But uh, on the game on the whole, I think this is going to be a really entertaining game. Um, I think this is one where we could see... I hope so. Well, yeah. I really hope so. <laughs> uh, I'm expecting a good amount of goals in this one, maybe three or four goals in this. And, uh, yeah, definitely want to keep an eye out on this weekend. Yeah, well, it's obviously not the only one to keep an eye on this weekend yes as it is the second one in the space of a week of our two clubs going up against each other this time on Saturday evening at half past five uh, this time at Villa Park as United travel down to Aston Villa Um, good news today time of recording uh, you announced the signing of Lucas Digne um, which is a good deal that you've managed to get in for like 23 million plus add-ons um and obviously his Coutinho was all done and confirmed earlier on this week so you're going to have a bit of hope and faith heading into this one what's the word so magnifique what's going on I mean what's going on how have we convinced the likes of Philippe Coutinho and Luca Digne that the project is real and that we are coming for the top six I mean uh, I wish I knew because it's it's it, 
if you said to me at the start of this season, halfway through, that Lucas Dunier and Philip Coutinho would be playing at Aston Villa, I would have been laughing at you. And I think many Villa fans would be because they weren't realistic targets in the summer. Yeah, cool. Good to see it. You're going to sell greenish for 100 million, but in a couple of months, you're going to get Coutinho on loan. With the possibility of being able to sign him in the summer for 40 million, which is just absolutely crazy. Um, oh, I don't even know how to comprehend the whole thing because there's still so many names we're being linked with. Yeah. As well. Like, I will, do I say Ibisuma? He seems to be a name that's getting linked with a few clubs uh, over the last two weeks or so I mean I've seen the likes of Tottenham being linked with him I feel like I've seen Arsenal being linked with him Man United themselves have been linked with him obviously Aston Villa as well so he seems to be a man in demand uh, from Brighton but again I've seen that they're wanting about 50 million for him so maybe that is deterring some clubs it's a risky one that comes with the positives because as a player he's great in that position Mm -hmm. exactly what we need we're begging for a number six that just is a monster yeah. in the middle. Yeah. But I don't want a player that has a cloud over him concerning allegations. Yes. Um, obviously, best not to talk about that kind of stuff uh, at this minute because we don't know the full extent of the allegations and the charges. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to be spending £50 million on someone that's going to be doing Zoom calls from prison. Yes. Uh, but... Player-wise, again, he would be an absolute fantastic signing for Aston Villa if they were to get that sort of deal sorted. That would be that would be the like proper statement signing mm. of like we've beat everyone else now. This project is serious. Will, will, will you start believing us? Maybe some people will. I mean, you're. I feel like we could sign anyone, but it's the results that have to convince people. Like we're down in thirteenth, fourteenth, which we'll say. Oh, thanks. I'm just being honest. <laughs> Uh, just yeah, we need to start getting wins and climbing. Mm. I mean, you have got a uh, couple games in hand over the likes of West Ham, Man City, and Chelsea. Obviously, you know we're near them at this minute, but uh, you could, like you say, you do have to start turning these results around uh, sooner rather than later. It's like, yeah, it's like we, we're not, we don't need Europe this season, mm. but I need to see signs that okay, come the start of next season, we will have something, but. We'll have even more business to do in the summer, I believe. Yeah, I think if you... Because we're fucking rich. If you can have a strong (laughs) end to this season, I think if you can get somewhere between 8th and 12th, I think it can be considered a strong season, considering all that's happened. I feel like we should be aiming... We should be aiming top half. Yeah. I mean, you're only three points off the top half at the minute. We've got to kind of improve... We have to improve on the 11th mm. from last season. Yeah. Just has to. Um, speaking on the game now itself, um, obviously we played each other four or five days ago now. Uh, there's obviously the controversy of the Aston Villa goal. <sighs> I mean, I said to you. Can, can I add one last on. can I add another last point on it? Because I didn't think about this until afterwards. What Jacob Ramsey does <laughs> as. You know, he just bless you. <laughs> he just he stands there, and Cavani runs into him, and you're all claiming foul. But is what Jacob Ramsey does completely legal in any other sport? Uh, 
not in the NFL because that would be classed as blindsiding him. Would it? But let's think about this. If Steph Curry does that, it's seen as fantastic defensive play. Uh, no, it'd be classed as an illegal screen. Would would he? That, that's in a certain situation, though. You know this. Stop it. <laughs> well, I'm just saying that. I'm just telling you what it would be in some of these places. Like I would feel more often than not, you'd see a lot of them being called back. No, but I feel like something like that needs to start being like softened. It'll yeah. be, unless he's running towards him and he's purposely barging him over, which mm. he didn't. He pretty much stood where he was. Like, come on. But, mm. well, I mean, that's in the past. We can't change that now. Um, no, because we can make our own predictions of how Villa going to be screwed in this game. <laughs> well, who's the man on VAR that I said to you yesterday? I was going to bring this up. Don't... Uh, Mike Dean on VAR. <laughs> Just when you think it couldn't have gone much worse. They've gone in the referees way too long. Right, there's going to be a bit of controversy. It's going to be a very fiery atmosphere at the Villa Park hmm. this, and that evening. Who would like to take this? It's going to be it's going to have a lot of eyes on him. Mike Dean instantly puts his hand up. <laughs> like, I'll take it. Yes. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see if there is anything differently uh, happen this time or if there is any sort of controversy in this game um, Can I also talk about the actual match official? Go on Are you aware that it is David Coote? I am That is the referee? I am. Have you been on Twitter and spotted the picture going around of him at his Facebook profile? I have not but I can have a quick butchers I don't think it's on there now but it's an old one it's basically his cover photo on his Facebook profile used to be the Sir Alex Ferguson stand. Right. Um, Sounds completely fair that he's refereeing a Manchester United game then, doesn't it? Rule one of uh, the FA is you're not allowed to uh, referee or officiating teams that you support. You have to declare it pre- prior to the season and you're not allowed to referee games that teams that you support hence why Mike Dean never had a problem because of his team not being in the Premier League but and he'll never see them in the Premier League <laughs> yeah but that is a fact so even if people think that it, it may not be actually David Coote's like official Facebook why is page. it his Facebook why did he ever have that as his profile or cover photo yeah but that might not be the official David Coote that might just be someone who's done it well, we're hoping so but it got around quite a lot yeah, I still made yourself think. But like I said, uh, FA. Ruled. I'll be the judge on Saturday. All right. Yeah, but uh, like that, like I said, the FA aren't allowed. You're not allowed to officiate games of the teams you support. It's an FA rule. I know what the rules are. Just allow me yeah, to but... have this one. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, elsewhere, we've got a good few more games to look forward to this weekend. Um, we'll finish off with this big one and then we'll have a look into some of the games uh, Sunday evening climax of this weekend's fixtures is the North London derby from the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium as Tottenham welcome Arsenal two teams obviously close in the table fifth and sixth uh, Spurs have played two games less than Arsenal but sit two points behind the Gunners however life hasn't been easy for Antonio Conte's side has it? It's not been easy for Mikel Arteta, so I did that a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, Tottenham mixed as well. Like mm. They were unbeaten still in the league, I believe. Yeah. 
Yeah, th- this this game is called the perfect time when both teams are pretty desperate for wins. Oh, a hundred percent. Obviously, um, Arsenal. We know what happened with them last time out in the league in that Man City game when they just seemed to throw their toys out of the push chair and Spurs. They will be wanting to get. Uh, you, you realize everybody says pram. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> says more of a mouthful. Would you say pushed you? I just couldn't think of the short version of it. That's genuinely why I said pushed you. Well, for the toys out of the pram, that's the same. Yeah, but I just couldn't think of what the word was. That's why I went with pushed you. Anyway, and obviously Spurs lost on Wednesday evening against uh, Chelsea in the League Cup, so they'll be wanting to get back to winning ways as soon as possible. <sighs> I'm not too sure how I see this going. I don't know. Uh, if it's any pick like the last one, then Tottenham need to pull a performance out of it because they were completely embarrassed in the last North London derby. Yeah, I mean, 3-0 down inside what the first 35 minutes, absolutely destroyed by uh, Bukayo Saka. Like he, just, he tore them a new one in that game. Harry Kane went missing pretty much as well. I mean, he has been all, pretty much all season in the league for them. No, not when you're facing small teams. See him when he comes up against the likes of Morecambe and fifth place civilian teams. Yeah, we're 20, 21 games into the season. Obviously, Spurs haven't played every one of them games, but he's only scored four goals this season in the league, which is appalling for someone of his standards. Perfect run of form ahead of a World Cup. Yeah. It's a good job we have other English strikers in form at Manchester. Oh, no, we don't have Marcus Rashford in form. You don't even have that. You can't even, <laughs> I can't even claim Ollie Watkins is on the same form either, I don't think. I don't even know who... Mikel Antonio. Yeah, is the, can we? No. They can't. He's played for Jamaica, hasn't he? That's what I was going to say, though. <laughs> uh, Jamie Vardy's the top scorer in Englishman with nine goals this season, but he's retired. He's looking average. So nine goals. Are you saying? Yeah, but there's only two Premier League players in double figures this season. Neither of them are English, and both play for Liverpool. So it's not good signs for England at the minute. All right, when Callum Wilson's back. Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, North London derby on a whole. I'm not too sure how to call this one. No, I don't. If anything, I just hope that the pigeons are thrown amongst the cats. The other way around. I know it's the way around, I was being... I know you are. Uh, Right, to have a look at some of the other games now this weekend, and we'll start off with Newcastle versus Watford. They will be hoping that new signing Chris Wood will be able to make his debut in front of the adoring fans at St James's Park, and obviously they'll be hoping for a better debut than what Kieran Trippier had last week in the FA Cup after they lost 1-0 to Cambridge United. Watford, they're in a bad, bad run of form, and... If they lose this one, could this be the nail in the coffin for Claudio Ranieri? Yes. Mm. That's, yeah. <laughs> There's no, like, explaining, yeah. of course it would be. They would accept this yeah, one. And no way. results elsewhere in the league this weekend, theoretically, we could potentially see them second bottom if Burnley also win. Yeah, I've got my own thing really to say with Burnley as well, because I feel like we have to discuss this Chris Wood transfer. Yeah, I mean, they've got, what, 20, 25 million for him. He's been their top goal scorer for like, the last few years. And 
they're not going to be able to get a replacement in for their game against Leicester this weekend. And goals is something they need this season. They've scored 16 goals. Only Norwich and Wolverhampton Wanderers have scored less. Wolves have scored 14 and Norwich have scored 8. So it's when you're losing your top scorer like Chris Ward has been for Burnley, them goals are really going to dry up. And obviously with Cornet away with the Ivory Coast at the African Cup of Nations, it's a big, big ask for uh, Sean Dyche's side to try and get these goals over this next month or so, unless they can get a striker in. That is a massive reliance that's about to be incoming towards Ashley Barnes. And Dwight McNeil. Well, Maxwell Corner when he comes back, because he was the only one pretty much scoring. Mm. Maybe they could rely on Ashley Westwood free kick. Who knows? That's only once every blue moon, let's be honest. He only does that at Old Trafford. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a big loss for Burnley, and it'll be interesting to see how Sean Dyche's side can fill that void. And like I said, they start off this weekend with a home game against Leicester City, which is definitely one that can throw up a few surprises. Yeah, we know Leicester are a bit hit and misses a lot as well. Uh, yeah. Just, I felt we didn't go over with Newcastle on that signing because not the worst signing they could have made in their current position. In terms of knowing the league and his goal scoring stats, he's a sensible option. But there is obviously the question that will be answered in time whether 25 million is a massive, massive mistake. Mm, I mean, for me, it's one where it, if your Newcastle fans, obviously, at the start of this takeover and back in the summer when the takeover was getting rumoured to being close to being done, they were talking about the likes of Mbappe's, your Haaland's and all this, that and this. But then you look at this realism of the target and whilst Chris Wood isn't that prolific of a goal scorer in the Premier League, it is still, like you say, a very sensible transfer and for me makes 100% sense. And you never know, maybe with uh, Alan St-Maximum and Kieran Trippier putting balls into him, he might become a prolific scorer now for them in the rest of the, this season and potentially keep them up well they need him to be mm. it was funny earlier I watched a I think it was a BBC thing I think it might have been the football news show they were talking about the signing yeah. and it was mentioned that Chris Wood is in the elite category of Premier League strikers right now and I was like how do you define elite uh, being able to play professional football apparently <laughs> that's what they class as elite it was the average is about 10 goals which they call elite, I call basic good striker. I wouldn't even call good striker. I would expect that from anyone in the conference and above to be able to score 10 goals. Like a yeah, season. Like Chris, Chris, Chris Wood is a good striker. We've seen it, but this has the negative this season. He hasn't been that goal scorer. Yeah. When you look at it. and So that's concerning. And There's those comments like, oh, it's Burnley's style. It's not, because Burnley have been playing that style for how many years now and he's done completely fine yeah but he's never been a prolific goal scorer in the Premier League he has done better in the lower levels which obviously isn't that good news for Newcastle in terms of like looking forward to the rest of this season but maybe that change of like being able to get maybe I'd say 12 to 15 goals for the remainder of this season is something that they'll need him to chirp up with yeah it's also would you 
you ask you Casper, would you rather spend that money on someone from France who might have high potential but doesn't know the league or go for the trial and tested option that does cost a bit? Yeah, it's very interesting. And I think at this moment in time, they need someone who's tried and tested in the league for this half the season and then come the summer will see their status whether they're staying in the Premier League or if they're playing championship football and then like look at someone abroad in terms of bringing it in and that's why I think they've struggled bringing in a centre half as well because you like look at the likes of Sven Botman who's been linked with them a lot and um, Diego Sven Botman is on the outside going what is the championship mm. What is a Newcastle? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, what is a time? <laughs> I think it's something that we'll be able to see um, more predominantly in the summer. What type of business they would do, whether, like I said, whether they're in the league or not. Um, and then, if, but you, if I could add, is actually the one last thing they should actually be quite intrigued by is if Callum Wilson's gone for eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Is it so two months? So by March early April yeah. Chris Wood Callum Wilson strike partnership yeah it'll be interesting to see what they can do for I'd imagine uh, say the last six seven games of the season Max strike partnership Alan St. Maxman on one of the wings Joel into the centre mid yeah I mean they've got 11 games from the 5th of March onwards so to potentially see that uh, duo obviously I don't know when Callum Wilson is directly back but maximum of 11 games we could see that partnership together which would be something interesting and hopeful for Newcastle fans yes but it has to start this weekend they must be Watford for me yeah uh, a quick scan over the rest of the games this weekend we got uh, Norwich versus Everton which I think big pressure is on Rafa Benitez decide to win that game He's also in the Ranieri category. If you lose you get sacked yeah because you can't be losing t- although it's not it's not as guaranteed with Rafa. No. But it should be. Yeah, it's one of them where... You can't lose the Norwich, I'm sorry. Yeah, and they don't want to be slipping any further. Obviously, if Leeds pick up a result this weekend, uh, they'll be slipping down to 16th place. Obviously, Watford, Burnley, Newcastle and Norwich behind them. But a team of Everton should not be that far down at the table. Even where they are now is a disgrace. Even, even also with the amount of money they've spent. Yeah. It's close to what we've been doing. It's absolutely crazy. Um, elsewhere, you got Wolves versus Southampton as well on Saturday afternoon, which I think could be a really good game between those two sides who are having... Well, Southampton are having a better season than they usually do, and Wolves are having, a, I would say, a below-par type of season because the goals aren't there for them. So what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you on about? No, I mean... In Southampton, like... for the majority, have been pretty poor and they've started to come together now the last few weeks they battered Brentford well that was surprising oh yeah that was the most surprising Wolves, thing ever Wolves have picked out points even if they look like they're not scoring yeah that's what, that's, that's the main thing though for Wolves is like they've only scored 14 this season which is really weird yeah I, like, before this season we all thought Bruno Large was this highly attacking manager it turns out he's this really defensive one yeah like the fact that <laughs> at this rate uh, what they've played half of their games so if they have an identical second half to this season they would have scored 28 goals and conceded 28 at this moment in time which is a low amount for Premier League clubs to be scoring yeah, imagine if they had the goals as well as the strong defence they'd be even higher yeah. 
like Raheem Jimenez hasn't been the same player. No. But you could almost excuse it slightly. Yeah, and then... But what he's had to come back from. And also, Fabio Silva hasn't been the player that Wolves fans were expecting. How much did they spend on him again? 30 to 40 million, was it? They're lucky they're doing so well. Yeah. Um, and then on Sunday, we kick off the day with Liverpool versus Brentford, which I think is going to be an absolutely cracking game between the two sides. Um, I don't remember the first meeting between these two earlier in the season, actually. It was the thrill. Brentford kept the equalising. Yes. I think it was, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was the last, or close to the... Yeah, last the 10 minutes when, when uh, Visser equalised. It was that little chip when he's like five yards from the, from the goal. Yeah. Just like. um, but yeah, I think, again, this is one. Brentford have kind of tailed away a bit after their uh, good start to the season, but at the same time, they're still in 13th place, which is better than what anyone expected come the start of the season for them so it's not too disheartening for Thomas but, Frank's side yeah, yeah maybe the only thing that could say me is if you're going to lose 4-1 to Southampton what could a Liverpool do but their saving grace is that Liverpool don't have Mo Salah Sadio Mane yeah and uh, Ibrahim Kanata as well was he still playing no was... well he's not a goal scorer <laughs> I was on about like defensively um, but yeah I don't know what Liverpool are going to be turning up because obviously they're playing tonight for us uh, recording wise in the Carabao Cup so what Liverpool side is going to be out for that game I know it's obviously a, still a few days difference but will Jurgen Klopp yeah but you know what Jurgen Klopp's like yes, oh, it's three days boom. yeah he'll come up with some sort of excuse and then the final game this weekend that we haven't spoke about is West Ham versus Leeds we shouldn't have to play semi-final <laughs> we should just be full this game, I, I can just see West Ham absolutely walking all over Leeds. Yes. If the last game in the FA Cup was able to go yeah, right. It's, yeah. it's just not been a pretty season for Marcelo Bielsa's side at all, sitting in the bottom half yeah. of the table. And that, that FA Cup game was pretty much the same starting yeah. like 11s as well. Although Leeds, Leeds are suffering with the injuries. Yeah, I mean, they have had a lot of players out uh, this season and uh, through injuries and I think they've had a couple out with Covid but it's still like for their standards compared to what they did their first season they're definitely having second season syndrome in the Premier League I think they're quite lucky that there are three teams that are really bad otherwise yeah, they would be down 100% there. agree Right, uh, let's have a look at the European fixtures this weekend. Um, we'll start off over in Germany this weekend, and we've got a good select of fixtures. Um, so tonight, for uh, the listeners, we have Borussia Dortmund versus Freiburg, second versus fourth, which is going to be an absolute cracking game. Um, I can see this being like a really close encounter between the two sides. Freiburg have definitely been one of the more surprising teams this season in the Bundesliga. The more surprising yeah. teams in Europe. I've always commonly thought as Freiburgers mm. relegation, or in around that area. So this is yeah. quite a. Uh, and then on Saturday uh, we've got Cologne versus Bayern Munich, which is again going to be a really good game. Bayern obviously wanting to get back to winning ways after losing to Munch and Gladbach last week. We've also got Stuttgart versus. Uh, RB Leipzig and Borussia Mönchengladbach versus Bayer Leverkusen this weekend over in Germany so definite uh, good fixtures to look forward to 
Pretty nice. Uh, over in France, not many to tickle your fancy this weekend. Obviously, the big one on Sunday evening sees Marseille host Lille. Um, well, I say big. Last season it would have been big. This season, not so much as Lille are having a poor season. But um, it's definitely one that will always throw the cat amongst the pigeons. Um, and then PSG. Are we the jokes dead now? Just, just stop. <laughs> uh, PSG will play Brest on uh, Saturday evening. Um, again, I'm not too sure the availability of their players. Like, I don't know whether Messi's back yet. Do they need him? No, because they're walking away with the league. Uh, then over in Italy this weekend, we have uh, one standout game being Atalanta versus Inter Milan on Sunday evening. Obviously, first versus fourth. Um, Atalanta just having a typical Atalanta season and. Uh, obviously, Juve won uh, the cup yesterday with uh, Alexis Sanchez scoring late on in that game to give Inter Milan the win over Juventus. Um, yeah, did you just say Juve won and then? No, I said Inter won over Juve. <laughs> ah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this one I'm expecting to be a really close uh, fought game and. Maybe you'll see like an added time winner from either side. I'm not too sure who. Uh, elsewhere in the league this weekend, uh, we've got Roma tra- playing host to Cagliari, Ace Milan hosting Spezia, and Napoli travelling over to Bologna. And um, only one league game in Spain this weekend as Elche play Villarreal, as there is a lot of teams in Copa del Rey action, and obviously. Um, Barcelona and Real Madrid are still over in Saudi Arabia after playing in the Copa del Rey match or the Super Cup, whatever cup they were playing in yesterday. It was the Super Cup, yeah, I caught the highlights afterwards. It was a pretty decent game. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Real Madrid winning late on 3-2 in that one. Right, uh, it's on to Predictions League now. And this week I've selected the six games uh, there's an eight point difference as we head into this weekend's fixtures. So the first game I've gone for is Manchester City versus Chelsea. Uh, of course you have. I take a pretty big punt with this one. I'm going to say 2-0 to Man City. I've also gone for a Man City win as well, but I'm expecting Chelsea to score one. So I've gone for 2-1 to the Chelsea. Uh, to Man City, sorry. Uh, next up I have gone for Newcastle versus Watford oh, of course uh, I think Chris Wood will probably start up. Mm-hmm. he's also scoring the winner wow they're going to win 2-1 interesting uh, I've gone for a 1-1 draw in that one uh, I just I can't see a clear winner what, I thought head. you were going to go Watford no. Uh, and then the final Premier League game. I can't not choose it. The North London derby on Sunday. Tottenham versus Arsenal. I knew for a fact you were never choosing Villa Man United. Well, considering we had it at the start of the week, it's no point having us uh, having it again. And you even said that you wouldn't pick this one yourself. No, uh, yeah. Uh, North London derby. Oh, I really don't know, you know. Why is there something in the back of my head going, do you know what? But time we had a nil-nil. Oh, please, no, no. We haven't had one all season, have we? Have we not? I feel, it feels like we haven't. 
Like, someone do the maths for us or check. I swear that hasn't been. Well, but we're not gonna we're not gonna curse that right now. Um, two two. Oh. Uh, I'm. G- I always said two one. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Arsenal to win three two. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Nah, there's no way. Uh, next up, we head over to Italy and the big game that I was talking to you about just Atalanta versus Inter Milan. Oh, I'll go Inter. They're the form team. I say they'll win two one. See, I've got they're going to have a bit of tiredness after playing in the cup against Juve yesterday, and that's why I've got Atalanta winning the match two one. Uh, Very interesting. Next, we head over to Germany for Bayern Munich versus FC Cologne. It's, it's got to be Bayern. Mm-hmm. I'll say Freedom. I've got Bayern winning four one in this one. And finally, this is a surprise to uh, many people because it's not often that we travel to this country for Predictions League, but this time we're off to Greece as Panathinaikos play Olympiakos this weekend. Oh, what was the name of this derby again? Oh, God. This is the one with like, the crazy name. This wasn't the Eternal Derby, was it? Yeah, I think it was the Eternal Derby. No, I think, actually, no, I think that was the Turkey to Galatasaray Panabatra. I'm searching it now. Keep going. Just say your prediction. Uh, but for me, I'm going to go with Olympiakos to win this one, three-one. In this game, right? Got It's called the Derby of the Eternal Enemies. Oh, just how good does that sound? Oh, oh. Sunday half five. Perfect. <laughs> uh, wh- if, if it's on somewhere, just find it. Yeah. Uh, but as I'm going, I haven't seen the league positions. Confirm that one. Okay. And my prediction, I got to be Olympiakos, and it got to be Olympiakos. I'll say two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, I hadn't looked at the league table. I just saw the game. Uh, so yeah, well, that's, the, that's the one raw way, but we have no way of knowing if that actually happens or not. <laughs> no. Uh, and then, as we finish off with our predictions league, uh, we always get the extra stuff for fantasy points. So, have you made any changes to your fantasy team this weekend? I'd made a few. Two weeks ago, mm-hmm. so it was before FA Cup weekend. I'd made them, and I John remember who it was. I brought. It. I think I put Saka in. Yeah. yeah. And then for some odd reason, I put João Pedro of Watford in. That was a uh, considering he hasn't been I on it, form this season. But Watford. I think it, yeah, I think it was because I ended up adding like three twelve million players in there, and yeah. So I just put him in. And I, the only reason he's in this week is because he's double matched her. Who the hell are they playing this week? And uh, with the second match day, sorry. Newcastle and Burnley. Mm, potential. Although, I'm saying this, I might make a change which will cost me points, but I might put Emmanuel Dennis in instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that would probably make more sense. Um, I think. Do you know what I'm doing that right now. Okay, my changes were I've brought in Philip Coutinho. I'm expecting him to do a bit of magic this weekend, and I'm expecting him to start. And uh, I think the you have way more confidence than I do in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned over time, don't expect anything in their debuts. True, it's the Villa way. Uh, and then my second change, I think I don't know whether it's been I had him in my team the last uh, match day, but I've got uh, João Cancelo in my team. Um, I did bring him that's in. That's pretty good. Um, but other than that, yeah, yeah, that's not bad. No changes, right. I was, about, I was about to ask if Emmanuel Dennis had went on to AFCON and then I remembered that they stopped him going. 
Oh yeah, so is he fit? Well, for some reason it says he's got a knock here, but I'm pretty sure that's not true because he's been playing. Has he? I put him in anyway. <laughs> Doesn't Actually, last question because I think it's important to mention who you've got as captain. Uh, Bernardo Silva. One game, Bernardo Silva. Yes. I've decided to give it to double match day, Jorginho. Who's Chelsea's second game against? Brighton. I'm thinking penalties, baby. <laughs> I might even triple captain. I'm genuinely serious. No. Not just yet. You just know there's going to be a contentious VAR decision against Man City. I don't think so. I think there may be a red card in that game, but not a contentious VAR decision for a penalty. It's going to be Jorginho. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right. I'll now hand it over to you for your favourite segment of the show. Boy, are we blessed this week. I don't know, Jeff, has it? I do not believe what I've just seen! Where the how do I start this week? Should um, <laughs> we just do AFCON? Just get it out there right now because what the Yeah, how? I mean, not being the most entertaining game score wise, if anyone hasn't keep, been keeping up to date um, the goals games have only been decided by one goal however yesterday for us uh, Wednesday for the listeners the game between Tunisia and Mali definitely definitely lived up to its expectations of African football not being taken seriously and controversy being absolutely everywhere in this game I mean yeah, honestly, I, I, it's better for you to explain it. You'd do a lot better job. Than so, uh, referee Jani Sikarzwe, sorry on the pronunciation, I probably butchered that. He first he first blew his full-time whistle at 85 minutes time, thinking it was full-time. Oh. The, ga- the game then restarted and he blew it again in the 89th minute, again thinking it was full time and this was after eight substitutions two VAR checks a goal celebration a red card and a hydration break in the second half as well and he decided not to add in any added time throughout the whole game as well he had 28 fouls were awarded four yellow cards two penalties and uh, the penalties had been described as like con- um, very controversy because uh, they shouldn't have been. One of them shouldn't have been given, and the red card shouldn't have stood as well. But like he went over to VAR and still said it was a red card. And then when the game did eventually get restarted afterwards, they had a different referee refereeing the game. However, Tunisia didn't come back out to complete the uh, missing few minutes or so. So yeah. That's that game in a nutshell. Absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not brilliant because Tunisia have been completely robbed there. What if they did score a last minute equaliser? Right, exactly. And what makes the, this. The funniest even... thing about the whole thing was the referee himself, his facial expressions, the whole thing. Yeah. He blows and he's like, yeah, game over. But what? <laughs> Five minutes last night. Hmm. And what's even worse is that uh, he had been banned or. There was a corruption charge against him previously, back in 2018, 
so he was suspended by CAF. However, it was then thrown out the window, hence why he was able to referee again for insufficient evidence. So um, if that doesn't scream corruption in that game, I don't know what does. No, I, the whole thing was baffling. Mm. Like, we didn't get to see it live, but when you see all the highlights of it, it's, the whole situation is so weird. Yeah. Like, there is just something completely up about that. Um, so, yeah, someone that had discovered his, Someone had discovered he also made a chartered flight out of Manchester on Monday as well. Apparently he was involved in something over there as well. <laughs> oh, for God's sake, would you let it go for... For love and all. Only me. when we batter you on Saturday. That's the only way I will let it go. What about if you get absolutely battered on Saturday? Well, it will only be via screw job. But what about if it isn't? What about if it's a fair enough match? I'm a fair man. I will look you in the eye and say fair play if you deserve the win. Oh. Be a first for you. But until Mike Dean gives a stupid decision, I'll say otherwise. Okay. Uh, right, I'll have I had over to... moment. Have you seen the... There was a guy injured as well. <laughs> and he's on the stretcher board. He's sat up. And then in comes the golf buggy. You think... Oh, well, that's, he's got a golf buggy to take you off. What does the golf buggy do? Drive into him. Again, that's just typical African football. <laughs> like, it the just... The reaction is like, what the... F- <laughs> bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I've seen the whole thing now. <laughs> just going by my time. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yes. We're still so many more to come from AFCON. Probably today. It's tomorrow. Yeah. And any other day. <laughs> If it's just the rest of the tournament, there'll be stories. Yeah, let's bring it back home. Yes, uh, I'll because... allow you to take over this second story. Yeah, oh, Tuesday night. Jesus Christ, we were blessed with two moments in the space of an hour. Mm-hmm. I want to start with Mr. Andy Carroll because he scored probably two of the best disallowed goals you will ever see. I genuinely don't think I can think of any better offside goals than that that Andy Carroll scored. But... Like. The first, they were the super. First one is, the first one's yeah, it's he's made it look good. That's all I can yeah. say on that one. The second one, Jesus Christ, that would have been Puskas worthy. I, I think they, it's one of them where although they're not allowed to be Puskas worthy, they should still be available. Yeah, although they give it, it's Andy Carroll. Yeah, to be fair, I mean, when was the last time Andy Carroll actually scored before these two offside goals? What well, he has got, he scored his Reading debut. Yeah, but. I mean, excluding... And we've seen him score worldies before. Do you not remember that overhead kick? Are you sure you're not getting mistaken for Zlatan Ibrahimovic, another long-haired um, the, man? The West Ham one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just doing a long-haired person joke. Don't worry. I do remember the mm-hmm. bicycle kick for West Ham. <laughs> yeah, you're not funny. <laughs> uh, yes, but let's get on to the best shithousery of the week. Yeah, Lincoln City striker Chris Maguire. That's all I have to say. Yes. So, for those that don't know the situation, Chris Maguire used to play against Sunderland, and Lincoln were playing Sunderland this week. And Sunderland manager, yeah, Sunderland manager Lee Johnson sold him to Lincoln. Okay, that, these type of things happen. I think he football. got released. They just, they just, he let him go. Released. Oh, and he was a he was a fan favorite at Sunderland, I believe, as well. Yes. So then, what happens? Oh yeah, he decides to score one goal, celebrates in front of Lee Johnson. 
shows respect to the Sunderland fans, but no, none respect to his former manager. Shows okay. respect to the Sunderland fans and they remember how much he hates Lee Johnson. Yep. So you think, okay, that's calm. That's enough sh- shithousery. That would have won him the award. Anyway, he then goes he on chose to... Murder. <laughs> yeah. He chose He then goes on to score another two goals and Lincoln end up winning the match 3-1 against Sunderland. But that's not the end of it. There's a nasty challenge later on in the game and involves a big scuffle and then Sunderland manager Lee Johnson gets sent off. I mean, talk about rubbing salt into the wounds. That is absolute top-notch there from Chris Maguire and Lincoln City. Chris Maguire needs all the medals for what he did. Just give him a statue outside. It was that moment when he celebrates. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, and then it's clicked in his head. Oh, shit, yeah. and he's sprinted. Oh, he's turning into Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, it's an absolute brilliant moment. Oh, like you said, you see it click in his head. I thought he was going to nut him. <laughs> <laughs> he's about to nut him, and then he stops. And I'm, Yeah, what? Oh. I would have nutted you. <laughs> I would have done it. <laughs> that really would have been something else. But yeah, just absolutely incredible scenes uh, there from the stage. Weirdly, I have my own thing with Lee Johnson. Or Villa fans have their own thing with Lee Johnson, so we kind of laughed at this. Do you remember years ago when Lee Johnson came after the Bristol City loss to us and was like, well, they put our away fans in the, the corner? Yeah, I do. So that's one that. of the reasons we lost. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the man is full of excuses and anything else you can think of. But yeah, just great scenes to see and... Long may this type of shithousery in football continue. Yeah, you know, I want to give him the award just for that. Well, Afcon's nuts, but we know Afcon's nuts. That Chris Maguire. Yeah, I'm sorry, but there is no other winner. Obviously. Can we name the award after him? Now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, after that performance alone, I think yes. I know Peter Drury deserves like, it's his saying, but future reference, Chris Maguire. If he wants to do it again against someone else, oh. Then, then we may have no choice. Yes. So, congratulations to Chris Maguire of Lincoln City for this week's uh, award-winning moment. Um, right. Is that everything? It is. We've been here an hour. Jesus. It's <laughs> a long episode, but plenty to talk about. As we, it's the one hundredth episode. It deserves it. Yes. So enjoy your work parties in your garden, and make sure you bring in your booze. Business meetings. Yes. Sorry. Business meeting. Right, until... It was a business meeting. (laughs) Until our Monday show, make sure, like I said at the start, you like and subscribe wherever you're listening to us from, whether that be on Apple, Spotify or Acast itself. And make sure you're following us on Twitter at OffTCPod for all the latest news and stories from around the world of football. And until then, it's goodbye from Brad. See ya. And it's goodbye from me. We'll see you soon.